G'day mates, happy new year to everyone out there in Guitar Wank World. I hope your first week of 2020 has been amazing. This is your host Trevor Coven talking to you from the past. To be honest, actually I'm talking to you, this is all pre-recorded from uh, the 30th of December. Uh, So yeah, I don't know what's happening. I have no comment on anything. I don't even know how 2020 is going right now, but I hope it's good. You guys are in the future and I am in the past, but I just wanted to give you a little uh, intro here. This is episode 196, I think. Yes, 196, I think we're doing 196. Yes, it is 196. This is our second week in 2020. It's the 13th, right? I think it's the 13th of January. So... Nearly midway through this uh, lovely 2020 in January. I hope it's going fantastic. Everyone is safe. Everyone is well. And uh, I believe I am in Australia right now. Somewhere on a beach in Sydney, I think. That's where I'm at. Anyway, uh, here is a continuation from uh, the Jude Gold episodes. Jude, you know him well from No Guitar Is Safe. The great man himself that's interviewed way more guests than we have um but you know what can you do good on you jude i know jude wanted to he wanted us to uh to edit this uh podcast a little bit more he he felt like there were some lulls some lows some highs and he just wanted to make it a little bit more uniform i said jude do you know what show you're on (laughs) this is guitar wank mate there'll be none of that here Maybe over on your show, No Guitar Is Safe, you guys get all a little uh, professional, but uh, we will be having none of that here. So this is Jude in the rawest, and we're continuing from uh, the last episode, I think it was 190, I don't know, 192, was it? 193, I think it was. Anyway. Anyway, we hope you're all safe and you had a fantastic 2020 start, and uh, let's get into it going to be a big year for Guitar Wank and everyone else. Uh, be safe, be happy, and we will see you all next week. Um, I hope I'm safe and happy in beach in Australia. Sydney, going to be in Sydney and Melbourne in January. Thought I'd tell you that again. All right, be safe. We'll see you guys soon. Thank you for all the support. If you have a question, uh, email us at guitarwank.com. Go to guitarwank.com, get your caps and other stuff and uh, we're going to have different merch this year too so that's going to be fun alright we'll see you soon have a great one and here is Jude Gold today Jude
rock, he can play blues, he can play... There's nothing that... There's no area he can't cover. So, how's... You know, that's like, very you know, generous. Yeah, that's gonna awesome. Be, very generous. You know, <laughs> not... But it's true, though. You know, I mean, you know how to play. You are a good player. So, so you know, when you go to these guys, it's it's not like, you know, they have to be worried about playing with some slouch that can't right. play. I mean, right. Jude can play. Yep. You know? Well, it's also about... I, so, I You do a lot of homework, too, like... If someone has a new record, I try to learn a few of their songs if I can. Uh, yeah. Sometimes I'll literally chart it out. Like, yeah. you know, and part of that goes back to my journalistic background from doing eight years of being an editor, editing other articles, and oh, wow. writing, doing my yep. own interviews and stuff. You know, after a while, you, you know, this kind of. So that would be part of that interview time. But so you, you do, so, you like actually if, prepare for these interviews. I actually do. <laughs> yeah. Fuck, so that's something we don't ever do. <laughs> but you know what? Like, there are my, I have my limits. Like, I'm not going to try to play Zappa well, he, like, with Dweezil he Zappa. Didn't, he, he didn't clean his house before I went. Like, <laughs> he has his limit for how much work he'll do. You know, it's yeah, a nice house, but he it's doesn't true. clean it up. My house he tells me we're going to have a guest on the show, and I've never heard of him. I look him up on the web and I see I spin like about two seconds and say, "Okay, he played with this guy and that guy." Okay, I'm done. I got enough questions for this guy. Hey, man, it's all different flavors, you know. It's all oh, guitar act, the epitome. You know, I've been yeah. for so the long, for the longest time, I've actually been promoting that we've won like the best guitar wank pod, best guitar podcast we on did? the universe. Yeah. Which one did we win it? There, there is none, as far as I'm concerned. But I've just been saying that, and oh. in our oh, promotions, that we are, that we are. yeah. yeah. That so we, we are. like we've won it three years in a well, row that means now. It must yeah. be true. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's got to be true. I mean, I figure we have Trump. I figure anything. Yeah. Oh yeah, anything's yeah, off the board. Sure. The best podcast just, in our price range. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sure some of people are so, buying it. So Jude, you were the guitar player actually for the bass trio, the famous bass tour where it was. Jeff Berlin, Billy Sheehan, and who else? Yeah. Stu Ham. Stu Ham. He's the yeah. organizer of that. What? Yeah. So he three. played guitar for the bass trio. And who played drums? Who was John Mater. John Mater. Who, who's that? Mo- he's a monster drummer. He's oh, been doing yeah. a lot of gigs with, with John Fogarty now. Oh, okay. Oh, he's played with just you know yeah, Sly Stone and so many bands. Wow. And, uh, he was the house. Was that he's the house that drummer been for a nutty gig, right? He also can you know he's legit. He's the house drummer for. Hamilton, the musical, and he all, is? yeah, he's this guy. John is a good friend on Broadway. Yeah, well, it's in the L.A. version. And, oh, okay, um, okay. I saw Hamilton yeah, on the Broadway. San I was version. just wondering he's if maybe all I saw him. No, you, yeah, he does okay. California shows and uh-huh. Wicked, and he's done everything. Wow. wow, that's awesome. And he's legit. I mean, I really appreciate the compliment you paid me a few minutes ago, Scott. But I feel like I'm, you know, I wouldn't say I can fully legit, like you know. That was a nerve-wracking gig because our first gig we had like one rehearsal and then you had to and I had to play a one-hour set with each one of these bass players. <laughs> Fuck. Billy Sheehan, <laughs> who I'd never met before, He's Jeff a... Berlin, who I'd never met before. We show up in Milwaukee. I'm supposed to play maybe a 55-minute set. And what kind of tunes were you playing? And um, well, he was so cool because we all know Jeff can play anything, but he met me kind of halfway. Like we did one or two Bop songs. Like we did Groovin' High, and I really could have used some. Bruce coaching for that. <laughs> I was joking with Scott, like when I get on those kind of tunes, like I'm like, wait, that sucked, that chorus. Give me another chorus. Ah, that sucked. Like I'm just trying to get one. I'm not going for the universe here. I'm just trying to get one good swinging chorus. But right. but the energy took over and the, the you know the tempo and he plays it fast. Like you got Jeff Berlin just looking at you. 
He's just like a dog ready to go for a walk, man. Like, yeah. Come on, yeah. come on. Yeah. So we played that tune, but we also played like like um, Black Market by Weather Report, uh -huh. which is more, you know, it's more like groove stuff, which mm -hmm. is a little more my cup of tea. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it was a little bit nerve wracking showing up there, but it just went great like you know three different that seems like it's such a crazy interesting gig it's a lot Hat. of music to learn because yeah. you're playing oh a whole set with each bass, bass player, player and they're different songs so that's absolutely be, what, 15 20 tunes at least absolutely i mean right? you got Stu ham who's doing everything from like satriani stuff to his own orchestral that stuff like a hard gig Damn i mean right. as, as far as a lot of music to learn it was the hardest gig in terms of the energy expelled, uh -huh. you know, expended every, like just shedding. Like, I seriously don't know if I still have the same attention span that I put, you know, that was like four weeks of every night going home for like three hours and shedding and learning these tunes, man. Yeah. Whoa. Wow. Because there's like no rehearsal. Actually, we rehearsed a little bit with Stu right. in San Francisco. It just reminds me yeah. of that joke of the drum stop really bad really bad <laughs> yeah, the bass <laughs> the stop. Bass but that is really hard because that's three completely different bass players who play three completely different styles and you gotta oh, learn yeah. all three sets of music basically did they ever play together at the end or something? oh yeah well oh sure they did of course <laughs> you know what they did it sounds like a brown note to me <laughs> they, they gave they gave me a bass so we had four bass four basses in john for one of the encores the last song of the night Wow. And we all played Big Bottom, Spinal oh, Tap. Oh, perfect. <laughs> I was just going to mention Spinal Tap. Now, yeah. One time we did it at BB King's in New York, or maybe it was this other thing. We did two things in New York. And uh, we had Victor Wooten come out, so it was six bases. Wow. Was that, did I add that up right? No, it was five bases. Wow. Now, um, it was funny because Jeff, I know you guys, you know Jeff. You know Jeff Berlin, Bruce? I, I know, yeah, I've met him. Yeah, and I know Scott, man, you play with him a bunch, and you yeah. know how like opinionated he can be. Sure. <laughs> and before the tour, he was like, he was like, I'm looking forward to this thing completely, but I tell you one thing right now, I am not playing Big Bottom. <laughs> and he kept saying that, I am not playing Spinal Tap Big Bottom at the end of that show. First night. Not only is he playing it, but he, we, there's a break in the song, and he did this every night, and he takes that line on the mic, and he goes... I'm going to sink her with my pink torpedo. <laughs> like the most, I mean, that's the level of, that's the level of camaraderie and friendship. Yeah. And it was just hilarious. And, I got to tell you, man, about Jeff. I never noticed that because I worked with him for a long time with me and Jeff and Dennis. And he didn't have that weird attitude of being real opinionated. Oh, man, I hope I I'm not that. saying you because I was, he was so cool. Yeah. And he was really he, cool when I worked with him, but it oh seems like God. if you ask him about teaching, that's when he gets really weird. Oh, the he best gets, clinic I ever saw was mm. him and and the Steve Bailey. That's the bass player, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, the Steve fretless Bailey, bass yeah. player. I want to make sure I got that right. Yeah. It's, the best clinic I ever saw was him and Steve Bailey debating, going back and forth. Yeah. Steve's talking about the virtues of metronomes. <laughs> Jeff is saying oh, they suck. Yeah, like, yeah, no, and they're yeah. both raising these great points, and it was just yeah. so informative. And then Steve's talking about fretless, and then Jeff's like, well, 
let me try your fretless. So they switched bait. Like, they were just going oh, wow. at it. Man, it's got It was like a cage online. match. Really? Yeah. If you go online, you can read some posts by uh, Victor Wooten and Steve Bailey about <laughs> oh, Jeff. Yeah. And they're not <laughs> kind. <laughs> oh, <laughs> they're, wow. They're pissed. They're That's like, not... <laughs> he pissed them off. Like, he came and did a clinic at Victor Wooten's school yep. and said something really outrageously rude to one of the students. <laughs> and it pissed Victor off. And Victor got on there on the web and started bitching at Jeff. And it was like... Like a real fucking war. It's like you know? the Kardashians. Funny shit. But, but on, <laughs> oh, you know, in the in the, I just remember this one time we were playing this Weatherport tune called Sight Singing, and at the end of the song, Jeff's supposed to hit a C, and you know it kind of goes nuts, and that's the end of the tune. And every night he forgot which note hit, <laughs> so I wrote him a chart. I got a big piece of type of, of you know printer paper, and I just wrote C on it, and I put it in front of his pedal board. <laughs> and he looked at me, and it was just you know he loves that kind of shit. He's so oh, man. funny. He's such a fucking cool him. Guy. Those three guys had me just cracking up. Just, I mean, just. Bass players are, I think, even funnier than guitar players. Um, Robbie Crane is a bass player who played with a lot of metal bands and stuff and hard rock acts and Michael Shanker and I forget who else, Rat. Right. And I ended up on a gig with, uh, we were Kristen Chenoweth's backing band. She has, she's the Broadway actress and singer. Yeah. Very well yeah. known. And uh, But she had a country album and they just randomly needed a band. The coolest favor Joel Hoekstra ever did is he couldn't do it and he recommended me and next thing I know, we were doing like Kimmel and The Tonight Show mm-hmm. oh, wow. and all this cool. stuff and the American Country Awards, which was Joel alive. Joel from Chicago? He's from Chicago. TJ's but he's, friend. Yeah, Joel. Yeah, TJ's friend. Joel yeah, I've, I've met him a few times. Yeah, he's, nice guy. You know, he's in blown yeah. up and, and like he's a guy you should have in here for sure. He's, a, mm-hmm. you know, he's played with White Snake and, oh, yeah. and all this stuff. He's a good player, she's played with Cher now. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, anyway, this guy Robbie Crane was the bass player and like, I mean, I was literally in pain laughing from the stuff that was going on. Just him just goofing mm-hmm. off and telling stories. And to yeah. me, that, it's something about bass players, man. And we now are, Jimmy Earl has that gig, Jimmy Kimmel, right? For so long, man. You know Jimmy Earl, the bass player that, that um, plays with Scott Kinsey and Novak all the time. Yeah, yeah. He's been he's been doing Jimmy Kimmel forever. Oh, he's okay. He's had that gig. I know, yeah. Cleto and... and yeah. And those guys, yeah. Who's yeah. the guitar player on that gig now? Toshi. Toshi, It's still yeah. Toshi, right. Yeah, we're going to have Toshi on the show, man. Yeah, because Toshi's been doing that gig forever. Toshi's, I bet he has a million stories. Toshi's great. Thank well, you. Yeah. Have you had him I, on your I have had podcast? him. And I was going to say, you know, you could... In L.A., you could just, like, just knock on the next door. You're probably a world-class guitar player. Like, I'm just mm. stunned by how many great musicians are down here. I don't know how your guys' take. I mean, I still feel like the yeah. new person. Yeah, yeah. And... Yeah, well, well, I'm, I'm you have the best of both new. words. I'm, you, 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 I'm about as new as you, and yeah. I'm equally a San Francisco boy, and uh, always had a problem with Los Angeles for obvious reasons. And frankly, you know, this, they're still the same. And but, but you live in like been, Monterey area, yeah, Carmel. Carmel, like if there's no reason to like any other place on earth if you live there, like, yeah. It's but just I like mean, everything I, else is a drag. Yeah, but but I mean. I mean, sure, L.A., the traffic gets worse every day, and it's horrible. Yeah. It was horrible when I, I really moved here, what, 12, 13 years ago. And uh, all that superficial bullshit, the people, you know, it's like it's true of a lot of them, you know. But the thing is, if like 10%, 5% of the people are cool here, 
that's more people than the whole Bay Area. Already. It's true. It's right. You, you find know, your so scene. you just got to find your scene, and and like if you want great musicians, it's either you know there's no other place with a concentration of that other than New York. And Nashville's kind of catching up. Yeah, I guess. yeah, yeah. Nashville, right? And Austin, you know. <laughs> yeah, and, but yeah. I mean, but nothing like here. And I mean, just the volume of cats. You know, you can go years and years and years and meet new people, and everybody's a motherfucker, and you half of them you haven't even heard of. You know, yeah. it's just it's so great. I love that about here. I love that about New York. You know, and I've hung in Nashville very little. So, but but, but my hang there was fun. That was for yeah. sure. Have, you, have you been to Nashville? Have you had a Nashville experience? Or? Well, I've been there many times. Yeah. Like, I played there a few times with um, various bands. I used to play with uh, JGB, which featured four members of the Jerry Garcia band. That was my first <laughs> gig. Really? You know, first touring gig. That was 97. We played there a few times. And then they used to do the NAM show there for, or they still do. They yeah. did it in Austin for a while. We're talking about the summer NAM. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Anyway, I, I would go there, but then, yeah, I used to go to Summer Nam in Nashville, and it's just crazy how it's blown up, and so many people have moved there, too, like Billy Sheehan moved to... Did he really? So did Jeff Berlin. He yeah, lives Jeff there. Berlin. Robin. Robin yeah, Robin just moved there. Yeah, a lot of people are moving mm-hmm. to Nashville. A lot of people are moving away, too. They're moving back to yeah. L.A. So this In various yeah. other places. I have a couple of good friends that are leaving Nashville. Yeah. They're just done with it. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's so have you ever done that... Um, well, like you mentioned the Jerry Garcia thing. Have you ever been in one of those jam bands that's kind of like, you know, that scene that you've only, never done that? Only that band, which was uh, okay. full on and yeah. a jam band. Because, I mean, you know, Alan Hurts, the drummer that oh, I yeah, play yeah. with, he had his own band, Garage Mahal, yeah. that was a big part of that jam scene and stuff. And yeah. he made a lot of money with that band. They, Great they band. They did really good. Very know? much more modern than... What yeah. I'm, they were kind of like... Somewhere in between the jam band and fusion, because they were kind of yeah. Ma Vishnu, a little bit influenced by Ma Vishnu. I forgot the guitar player's name. What's that guy's Yeah, name? he's amazing. He played with Joe. Um, with Zalinal? Yeah, but a long time after me. Um, I can't remember his name. Ah, well, I don't know. Oh, I man, can't I'm, remember his name. I'm having a senior I'm moment. I just turned yeah, 4010. <laughs> 4010. <laughs> so you're a big, fifth, big so, five. Yeah. Did you have your 50,000 mile checkup yet? <laughs> yeah, well, after that joke about what you said the other night, I don't think I'm going <laughs> you, you didn't do it? Moon River. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> Moon River. <laughs> oh, that was a good one. You can tell that joke. That was a good one. Yeah, so, uh, <laughs> no, I, no, the senioritis, like, uh, yeah. So you try to, you know, senior we'll wait for your fifty thousand mile checkup. There you go. <laughs> where did Where did you grow up? I grew up in mostly Berkeley, California, Oakland, and oh, San, you're, you're San Francisco. You're a California yeah. cat, yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Wow, since age, age five or something. Is um, can, with all the guests that you had on the show, um, is there one that you've been most nervous about, or that stands um, out a little bit? I would say the first thing that pops to my head is Ace Freely from Kiss. And uh, because I don't know all their songs, but I know that so many listeners know Kiss songs yep. inside out. Yeah. And it actually turned into a great interview, but there was one funny moment that if anyone heard my podcast knows where he was like, you're not even prepared, which is so funny. <laughs> because... I worked so hard to learn songs from his new record and stuff. But, of course, he didn't want to play those songs. He wanted to play all the old catalog. But still, that's no excuse. I mean, I feel like I should know everything. 
New York Groove was that? Well, it was Shock Me. I think was the, the song. Like, oh, okay. I mean, yeah. I I remember the main riff at the beginning, but I don't know that like if you play any ACDC song or something right. or Zeppelin or Bad Company, like that's in my blood. Yeah, yeah. But that stuff wasn't really there. So, but he was so cool. The, you know, but, we have the drummer next door. That kisses oh. drummer next door lives next door. Mm. So we're gonna oh, get yeah. Eric on the show. Freed oh. Hawk is the guy's name. Yes, Freed. Yeah. Lives in Chicago. Fareed is badass. He's yeah. great. Yeah. Oh man, he's yeah. He's Who's he playing with? He's now? like a professor. I don't know. Like, I don't oh, know what he's doing now. But no, no. I mean, what, 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 what context were you trying to think of him? He was in the band Garage with Alan Hurts, Garage Mahal. Oh, okay. And they were kind of like a fusion, right? But also hippie band. They did the jam circuit a lot, right? Right. But they were very. Uh, they, I, I would say they were kind of influenced by Ma Vishnu a little bit. They had some odd time things happening and. But he's yeah. a good guitar player. Fareed's yeah. badass. Yeah. He's great, yeah. man. Yeah. Damn. So yeah, there. Sorry, I just no. for, I don't like it when I forget something and I can't <laughs> no. remember it. We got our fact checker over here. Yeah. <laughs> um, now I'm on Victoria's Secret looking up some other models. <laughs> on his on his 2004 iPhone. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, uh, Bella Hadid. We called her too. Oh, uh, Bella. She could make it. Yeah, Bella. Too bad. Damn it. She's you know. We'll go to her. Yeah. Apparently that's what you got to do. By the way, anybody see Knives Out? No, go see Man, I want to see it. It's good. Go see it. It's so great. We worked on it's the trailer for that. Such a great movie. <clears throat> oh my god! Because I've seen four movies in the last four days. That's my favorite of the Knives four. Out. Yeah, it's so good. Better than Frozen Two? Well, mm. I mean, Frozen Two is <laughs> awesome. It's got beautiful. You know that that girl. <clears throat> what is her name? In, in Elsa. Well, the girl who sings for her. She's a yeah. famous. Broadway singer, yeah, and yeah. Dara Mendez, or so. I know I'm saying her name wrong. I, yeah, I don't holy know. shit, man! You know, there's some songs where she's singing in a medium range, and the song is building, and all of a sudden she hits these high notes that just blow you out of your chair. Wow. she's amazing. This is what yeah. uh, my she's, daughter's gonna be singing these. Great, the next five great years, singer. So. No wonder she's so famous, man. Yeah. I mean, she's one of the most famous Broadway singers. But no wonder. She's so good. She's killing it. I mean, killing it. Yeah. You know, but it was frozen. It was like there wasn't <laughs> any boobs or spaceships in it. <laughs> Did you cry? <laughs> no, I didn't cry. Oh, I didn't cry. I cried in Tangled, but I didn't cry in Frozen. <laughs> <laughs> and Coco, I cried. Oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> Isn't Coco a great that movie? That was such a magical movie. Beautiful movie. movie. I yeah. loved it. Yeah. So, I really and I also it. saw, um, you know, the sequel to The Shining. Um, oh, what's that like? Doctor Sleep. We worked on that yeah. too. Good. I liked it. You, it was it good. Was, it was yeah. It, it was it, very cool. It's it like lives up to. I, I don't mean, know if it lives it, up to The Shining, but that's I such mean, a classic, it does a good. Yeah, it does good. a good job. Yeah, no, it's it's fun. It's I entertaining. Was I wasn't it. bored. No, it was good. cool. Yeah, but Knives Out, man. Knives Out. I want to see. Killer. Everyone's in it. What a great movie. What a great movie, man. Finally, they you know. Not often they really make a, a, an outstanding film, and this is one of them. And usually, and with all those actors, they always flop. But that yeah. was cool. And the, and this is a this is a cool movie because it's filled with the biggest stars, and the 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 less known star just steals it. Really, she's incredible. Yeah, I forgot her name, of course. <laughs> of course, she's she kind of plays the lead, but she's I so know. awesome. I stumbled on E. T. the other night, and like. Drew Barrymore is like six years old. She's stealing the movie. Yeah, She's got all the yeah. best lines. Yeah. <laughs> I love it when that happens. Yeah. yeah. So, what what what's your main acts that you're playing these days? With man, 
I'm always playing different stuff. Um, I think my favorite guitar is maybe this Jeff Beck Stratocaster with a Warmoth neck. Yeah? You know, it's still got the lace sensors on there, but <laughs> I think it's really cool. That's your that's your main yeah main rig yeah. But sometimes I'm lazy and don't. I'd use different tunings and stuff, or it's definitely like drop D, and then with a floating trim, you know, you can't drop in right. between songs to yeah. you know, hold on, guys. Five minutes of tuning here. So sometimes I just bring a hard tail guitar like um, Telecasters. I think my best Telecaster might be my Sir T Ooh, Classic okay. T. Yeah, that's really good. Is that Ash? Yes. Yeah, it's a real tell. It's ash with um, yeah. a nice clear white finish on it. Mm -hmm. But um, and then this new PRS I like. It's a um, it's called the Vela Semi Hollow. Mm -hmm. It's uh, it's got just regular dot inlays, not the birds. It's a uh, mm -hmm. it's a real kind of almost like a rockabilly guitar, but it, it oh, wow. it's really great. And that's, mm -hmm. and that's like a hardtail <clears throat> guitar. It's kind of got like a Telecaster bridge. I've really been digging that. With a really nice paint job there's so many great guitars that. Um, like so many my first guitar was a fender i mean a fender strat is my favorite guitar but it's you know sometimes you need different you need like humbuckers or you need a telecaster it's hard to cover everything with a strat but i fell in love when i first saw one you know when i started playing guitar yeah at like age nine or something or eight and i finally got one my first guitar hero is Nile Rodgers from Chic because that was the stuff that was on the radio and I just love mm -hmm. the funk music. I've always really been into that. Still am. And But then by that point, I was into Van Halen too and I couldn't wait to just have a guitar with a bar, man. <laughs> and I got that Strat Helm. It was my first Strat. Bought it from the, in the newspaper for $370. 72 Fender Strat, 3-bolt. Not my favorite guitar in the world now. And I got it home, and I and I knew it didn't have a bar because I figured they just lost it. But I'm looking for the hole, and there's I'm like, how does this work? Where do you plug in the bar? And I realized I got a Strat that had no tremolo system. It was a hardtail. Oh, uh -huh. But ironically, it turns out that that's what Nile Rodgers wrote all his hit songs on. So I managed to get the guitar of my hero. Right. So that I still have that guitar, but that other than that, I don't really have too many older guitars. Yeah. Those strats actually have a bigger tone because the bridge yeah. does the floating bridge with the springs and everything does take away from the tone. Man, you got me looking at all this stuff now. I'm looking at the, all the new strats and like you know you, how you say you like the strings not to go all the way through the block, but the strings in the back of the block, like they're kind of close. The ball is close to the end of the block, right? It's it's very close yeah. to the end of the block. Yeah, yeah, and I'm looking at all these guitars now where the strings go deep in there. I'm like shit. You don't want to do that. I have to that replace the, the block. Tone. Yeah, that, that'll mess up the tone for sure. Because you might as well have a Floyd Rose if you're going to do that, if you're going to just destroy the block and drill it all the way out. Yeah, uh, you, okay. you, you, yeah you just really influenced me with all the stuff we did yeah. the other day. Well, uh, Hey, check this out. Scott, he was getting the craziest sound in his ZVEX Fuzz Factory. I literally got mine out of the closet, because I don't use it that often. And I put all the settings exactly right, put some mm -hmm. Loctite on the back of it, and I'm mm -hmm. taking it with me to Hawaii oh, tomorrow. Oh, cool, great. I'm try it. didn't yeah. have time to try it, but oh, I'll try those to get that, fun, that volume knob thing that he does. How, how, They're so much fun. How long are your podcasts? Well, um, I, well you're not, you're not going to believe this, but I think Scott is the world record. Really? Almost two you hours. the longest one? Two hours? Almost. Oh. It, it flew by. This is a guy who's like wow. telling me for... 
two years of that he's not sure if he wants to plug in. And then we're sitting there going, we actually went. <clears throat> and then like, he couldn't shut him up. We went over. <laughs> That's what all my ex-girlfriends have said about me. Yeah, my head's got over. I couldn't shut him up. <laughs> it was actually more than two hours, the actual thing. But, you know, was I mine, do edit them down just, and they, stuff. You can be totally honest, but was mine relatively easy compared to most? It was, was it, I wasn't a pain in the ass. Oh, it was, you, it was easy. You weren't remotely a pain in the ass. I mean... No, of course. So I just wonder how you know because they're they're mostly easy. It was an incredible we, podcast. I mean, all right, the we, tone. We, we're gonna we gotta dig insane. some dirt here, dude. We're gonna get down to the 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 nitty gritty. Who uh-huh. was most difficult? Who's been difficult for the, your No Guitar I mean, Safe podcast? It must know. be someone. I think the only interview that was ever difficult, and it wasn't because the guy was in any way unfriendly or mean he's so friendly an amazing guy but the interview was difficult was peter frampton although he was not on my show <laughs> that was a print article you know i went to his his sound check at the amphitheater in uh the bay area so yeah. the winery the saratoga mountain winery and i got a tour of his rig it was like a city it was like manhattan man you know like <laughs> wet dry wet cabs up front he had his old he could switch over to his old Ampeg jet combo in yep. independently mic'd in a coffin case in the back. You know, he had remote WAS, you know, controllers, the WAS in the rack, but he's controlling it up. He had everything. It was just the most amazing tone and all that stuff. But he arrived there and he was like, you know what, we're running a little late today. Could, or his manager came out, like, can we uh, push it back half an hour? They want to get a snack. So, so I'm, of course, you know, yeah. I'm in heaven, man. I, I'm never in a hurry. I, when I do an interview, I leave the whole day open. So whatever the, the artist needs, I will work around their schedule. And then finally we go sit down at this table. It's a beautiful area by these big barrels of wine. And then he's like, we're starting the interview. He's like, I, you know, I'm not quite feeling it here. It's a little dark in this corner. It's like the winery and stuff. He's like, let's go up to my tour bus. So we get in these golf carts, me and him and his assistant. <laughs> And we go up the hill. It's like one of these, this beautiful venue. Go up the hill to the parking lot, go to the tour bus. And then we're interviewing for like, we're like seven minutes in to the interview, finally. And he's like, you know what? I just can't do this today. I'm sorry. And I totally respect that. Right. And he actually arranged to fly me to his next gig in Ohio on his dime. It put me up and everything. But honestly, I couldn't. I didn't have the time, so we just did a phoner after. Wow. But I thought that was such a classy gesture. Yeah. He just wanted it to be right. Sure. So that was kind of Damn. difficult. So he, I mean, that, he, the interview thing for him was a big deal. Yeah, I think he just wanted it to be right. But you know, he, and I respect people who are God, after. I wish we had guests like that, hey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, wow. you, yeah, you know, you're, you're well, scraping the bottom today. Man, I'm telling you, I'm glad you wore your your, your second cleanest T-shirt today, <laughs> in honor of it's Jude stains, being oh, here. Yeah. Yeah. We yeah. never had a guest offer to fly us anywhere, have yeah. we? No, it's I like think. I've yeah. had guests say, "God, when can I get out of here?" Look yeah. at them, was like that. It's like, are we done? Because, like, yeah. seriously, how long are we hey, going to go? <laughs> yeah, the magazine would fly me places. And sometimes labels would fly me. That was the one time an artist offered to fly me. But, you know, I really do my podcast out of love. You know, there's a a little monetary agreement with Guitar Player, but trust me, it doesn't pay that much Mm -hmm. when you average out all the time I put into it. And, like, I can relate. 
And like, there's one interview I had. I had. I was doing a cover story on Paul Gilbert semi recently, year or two ago, and um, maybe a year and a half ago. I can't remember, man. I'm not good with with years, but I was like, you know what? And I know Paul because he's been involved in MI a lot, and Mm -hmm. what a great guy. He'd come there and teach. He'd every once in a while he'd send me an email. Hey, I want to teach for three weeks, and we just set up and fill his calendar. All the students would come, and he'd come in there. He just what an incredibly inspiring cat. But I really wanted to make it a podcast, two for one. Do yep. the cover mm-hmm. story interview and do some playing in person, fingers yep. on strings. So I paid out of my own pocket for that ticket to go up to Portland where he now lives. And, yeah, I'll, I'll go anywhere for a great interview. Wasn't he like the, the um, what do you call it, the... Uh, he was the dean of MI, but not the real dean, but the sort of like, I'm, I want to use the word, yes, honorary. I was going to say imaginary. Imaginary doctorate. We'd like to present you with honorary an imaginary dean. doctorate. Yes. <laughs> honorary dean of MI Japan, I believe he was for a while. Yeah. Because, well, you would you probably know, know you know big infinitely more about MI than I do, honestly. Yeah. Well, you know, um, MI Japan, I don't really know much about because I haven't been going over yeah. there to do those things, you know, in the last years. But, but um, I just know that the the scene over there kind of changed because the the K-pop thing is or J-pop or whatever it is is real big, and you know, Masaki. Yeah. You know, Masaki uh, Toriyawa. He was he was. Um, Sort of like the 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 liaison when Jude and I were there, um, when Jude was there, especially. Right. But he was like the liaison between MI Hollywood and MI Japan. So when I would go over to MI Japan, Masaki would be in charge, and he would go. We would go to a bunch of different cities and clinics in Japan. Now he quit a long time ago because he says that MI Japan's not a, quite as much about guitar anymore. It's more about makeup and and and. And and showmanship and really yeah because it's the that pop music that K pop it, it kind of became coming. a pop school and now ESP which is Mr Shibuya's other school right is more for the serious guitarists right and MI Japan became more of a, so not as much there's less know, shredders in Japan now I, I, I couldn't tell dying? you man because I haven't been there in a long time as far as in a teaching capacity I'm right just, I just played there but I I didn't teach. I was supposed to do a clinic at um, ESP, yep. and we had a, a typhoon <laughs> on that day, so <laughs> it got canceled. It. You know, wow. but, uh, so I didn't end up doing but it. Do you, do you know Gilbert? Huh? Do you know Paul? Sure, I know Paul. Oh, but for a long yeah. time, I have to get Paul on the show. Yeah, in fact, I don't know if you remember when um, you remember Cliff Coltrary when he he Cliff Coltrary was the was the head of Relativity Records when Joe Satriani, Steve Vai, and Tribal Tech were on the label and um tribal tech we were only on there for one album but joe and steve were on there for a while and so steve Vai put together or maybe it was joe i don't remember which one but they put together a benefit for cliff because he had some he has some kind of blood disease and he had to move to north carolina where actually he's doing quite well he's the rep for those blue amps you know the blue uh, Jennifer Batten plays yeah, um, oh, the, the blue yeah, guitar. Blue. Blue Thomas Blug, yeah. yeah, the amp yeah, one. Thomas, exactly. Yeah. So yeah. Cliff's the rep for those guys in the States. Anyway, um, we did this benefit at House of Blues, and I played, and Joe and 
Steve and Paul Gilbert and everybody, like so many guitar players played for that House wow. of Blues and they raised like a hundred thousand bucks or something for Cliff that night. Wow. It was really it was Amazing. like a hundred a ticket, something like that. And they you know, I mean Joe did yeah. that, basically. That's but, some friendship right there. That's yeah, great. yeah. I'm surprised you never met Cliff because Cliff was kind of, you know, he was really kind of big guy in the amp and guitar scene, you know, and mm. yeah, whatever. He was he's right. a total gearhead like us. And he ran well, relativity. like Bruce, total completely <laughs> nutty gearhead like Bruce Foreman. Can't stop yeah. that Foreman. <laughs> he just All won't right. stop talking about yeah. you. You know, I'm on reverb right now. <laughs> Yeah, but <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. He just never fucking shut up about it. Yeah, oh, yeah, damn, man. Hey, it's ridiculous. You, you don't need I, no gear, man. When you play like that, you you know Cetrioni and Vi and that we haven't had him on the show. And we haven't, but uh, I don't think they live in L.A. I mean, jo Steve does. Well, Steve Joe does. doesn't. Joe's in San Fran, right? I think so. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I can lease you my helicopter. There you go. Yeah. Wow. That's, <laughs> cool. that's what we need. That's what we need. Yeah. Right now, the, right now the police have it. <laughs> I, you know, I, I got this most generic helicopter sound. Well, I wanted to... Um, do it, do it. I wanted, you know, I was trying to find a sound to, like, go from the intro. Oh, yeah, there, there we go. go. There we go. I love it. <laughs> oh man, you're hired. <laughs> you should do soundtrack stuff. Movies. Wow, dude, you've done do. so much different stuff in your career. Like, I mean, oh wow, geez, writer, you know, and guitar player, and and you know, guitar to the stars, and teacher, and you've done a lot of stuff. Man. It's like, funny, I never yeah, think about so it. So, what are you going to do now? <laughs> yeah, that, now that you've been on our podcast, yeah, yeah. Man, man, so now, now, now you ruined do that? everything for you. What's your next move? It's like, That's how right. do you pick up a career after this? Right. <laughs> That's what, the, tell me, what's the deal with Guitar Player Magazine? I was the I collected every guitar player magazine and guitar world magazine from like 19 whatever it was to like four years in a row like every one my parents right. had a, a news agency do you have oh, news sweet. agencies no <laughs> newsstand newsstand we had oh, my parents stand. had a newsstand in Australia so we'd get them and I got uh -huh. them cheaper but hey, what do they do now with everything's changed for magazines and stuff and like everything's online and everything it has that I mean, fucked them, <laughs> basically? Well, this, you know, the actual print subscribership circulation has gone down. Right, I would imagine. Immensely, right? And uh, the question is, you know... How do they survive? Well, I mean, people still love to have an actual magazine. Right. There's still something very special about something you can actually hold and read and carry onto the plane or right. whatever... It's just, I don't know about you guys, I actually get tired of all this electronic mm. screen time. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I think that it's still safe. However, revenues have changed. Right. You know, more and more people get all their guitar information online. So. Yeah. And then the, if, you, if you're interested in something, what's the first thing you do? It's go online. It could yeah. be anything. Yeah. So do the, gear. do the people that write for guitar, is, is like, is there a big guitar player building in an office, or do people mostly work from home now? Well, there's a. it used to all be in San Francisco. They closed that office. It's in New York now. Chris, uh -huh. Chris Scapoliti is the new editor-in-chief, Uh huh. and he's doing a great job. Mike Melinda was the editor for 22 years. Uh -huh. He's a guy you should have on here. 
he comes down to LA a lot. Uh -huh. That'd be great. Yeah. And, um, now I'm seeing why you guys got me on the show. <laughs> no. You're just a stippiest. I don't know. I mean, I don't think you guys need any help whatsoever, but if there's any way I can possibly yeah. help. But, um, um, yes, they're in New York. I mean... And, and it's an it's an actual, like, floor of a building, or is yeah. it a... Or is it a yeah, I'm in there. It's an office. It's an office. Yeah, and Guitar World is under the same roof. Um, uh-huh. But honestly, I feel like I'm doing the same thing with the podcast that I used to do in the print, only it's way better right mm -hmm. i mean if you take a 45 minute interview let alone an hour and a half interview you're going to chop up a lot of that because it's not even going to fit in a six page feature story right you're going to have to really go through there and just pull out because you can't like that's so a lot of work so the podcast yeah. and it's a lot of work the podcast lets you go deep yeah. keep all the stuff in you can take some out if you want mm -hmm. yeah and you can hear the fingers on strings or whatever or just people right. goofing off or talking smack <laughs> Yep. You don't have to edit people. <laughs> did, you and know, and sometimes people's voices come out a little different in print. You know, like I was—I interviewed John Mayer for a cover story. Oh, wow, okay. And uh, and uh, name he, dropper. Yeah. <laughs> hey, man, he doesn't know who I am. I don't think he would remember it. But how was But he said something funny. He was like, at the end of the interview, he's like, "Hey, thanks for doing it, man." He's like, "By the way, don't make me sound like Spock, okay?" <laughs> and I, I knew I knew instantly what he was talking about. Like when people get put through the editing machine, and you're trying to take a giant interview and put it put down, it down yeah. cut it down to twenty percent of what it was mm -hmm. in terms of word count. Yeah. Then sometimes you end up putting sentences together in such a way that you know people sound more. You put you make things more efficient right. to convey the information in a smaller space. <laughs> it loses. It can lose personality. Yeah, so right? that's, there's a whole art to, yeah. to putting together one of those interviews in a print mm -hmm. story, and I knew exactly what he's talking about. Man, that's that's a whole of it. Yeah, mm -hmm. I need to talk to you about how to interview people more because I we yeah, don't you should, yeah. Yeah. You should <laughs> talk to somebody. You guys are great. <laughs> yeah, you really do need to talk to somebody about it. If <laughs> <laughs> I get it together, I sh we should do a podcast. I'll tell you, there's. <laughs> you, know, you know what he asked uh, uh, Josh Smith? Uh. The best question ever. When no, Josh Smith was on the show, this. he said something like, um, so did you ever, when we were growing up playing guitar, did you ever feel like a circus clown? <laughs> <laughs> no, it was a circus act. Yeah. Well, it was a legitimate I think that's question. a legitimate question because he, he was a child star, right? Yeah, I was, star, the, right? yeah, yeah, I was yeah. on the floor. Oh, yeah. I was on the floor. I said, <laughs> I was, okay, dude, that's the best question I am like 60 fucking minutes. I'll get in there dirty that's with these guys. That's the best. You know, yeah. all this laughter. <laughs> I love <laughs> Why didn't you just say circus freak? You know, my... <laughs> Josh, I think Josh handled it really well. Yeah. He, he didn't want to hit I, me I during the show. I think he looked at you and just went... Yeah. With this look on yeah. his face, yeah. like, what the I think fuck? I got a bigger reaction when I said, when he was talking about jazz singers, and I said, what, like Michael B Bublé? And he was like, what the fuck are you talking about? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what's wrong with Michael Bublé, man? <laughs> Have you ever had Josh Smith? Yeah. On your, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, a, he's Smith, a good man. guy, man. Just a monster he's player. A All player. these monsters everywhere. Yeah. Kirk, Kirk Fletcher. So how does, yeah, how don't does, you love Kirk Fletcher? Yeah, he's so awesome. Kirk. We should have Kirk on the show. That would be great. I mean, you know, he's yeah. not in LA all that often because he lives in Switzerland now. But yeah. if he comes here, we got to have him because he's a great guy. How funny? How is the environment Hilarious. now? Like, because you're probably more in touch with the, the the scene and the new up and coming players. Hmm. How is that environment look? Because I know I I don't know if you know guys like is it Pelini. 
plenty. I, yeah, I, from Australia. I, I've had them on the show. Yeah, oh, okay. Guys like that, there seems to be this whole new array of guitarists coming through that are just so different oh, yeah. to these guys and what... You mean better? You mean good? <laughs> you mean they play? Yeah, that actually... Oh, that was like good. good you know? <laughs> yeah, like, Love it how you both jump on that like one. they're good. But it's a different environment, right, Jude? Is that what's happening? I mean, I don't know how qualified I am to uh, you go comment ahead and on it. Pretend we're not here. Yeah. Oh no, no, it's not about that. <laughs> I would start by saying that I really do feel like the guitar is making a comeback. Like I was watching an NFL game the other day. Were you guys watching? I can't remember which. It was one of the night games, and dude makes a big sack or maybe even like a touchdown, and then he gets in the end zone and his dance is he's playing air guitar. Oh, cool! And then right. he does something else later in the game. He's playing air guitar. I, and I just feel like guitars on the bounce back, man. I really think things are happening, and I think uh, it's but blowing it's, away video games. It's different because, like, when I was growing up, we had massive pop rock icons like Eddie Van Halen yeah. and Joe Cetrani and Steve Vai and that, who were like more mainstream and stuff like that. But now I don't, maybe because I'm just getting old. I don't yeah. see it in pop music or in rock music, like the big guitar solos or popular. I've gone to country because it feels like that's like the yeah. last dying breed yeah. of music where guys get to actually fucking shred and, yeah. and show well, their chops. Come, 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 I mean, come to jazz. Of, we're the dead. We're not dying. We're yeah. dead already. <laughs> but it, we're still doing of, it. There's a lot of upcoming young jazz guitar <laughs> stars. All right, but okay. if you're not I mean, listening in, to instrumental music and you're just like a normal Joe Blow and listening to radio, you no, don't hear guitar I anymore. Don't think, no, I don't think music on the radio is as guitar-centered as, as it, it used oh, yeah. to be. Right. Yeah. I so, mean, we're obviously what? in the thick of the computer-generated music, yeah. which right. is... Not always a bad thing. I happen to love pop music, maybe not a lot of it, but a great pop song. I mean, that's what got me into music, and I've yeah, always loved. I was at a sure. club, and they started playing Pitbull Fireball. And, you know, it's easy if you're a musician to be like, hey, that has one chord and a drum loop. But when you hear it through a huge system in a bar that is set up with it's subwoofers infectious. here, yeah. and the, like those systems don't even work for bands. I used to play with it. I still play. I played on his recent um, he just gave me some session work a great DJ named Miguel Miggs and we used to go to these dance clubs where it's all electronic music and it, and he was very ambitious he wanted to do live band performing his music which was, which was really cool but yep. like those PA systems don't even really work with our kind of <laughs> instruments like wow. there's too much lows over here and the mm -hmm. tweeters are way up in the ceiling mm -hmm. yeah. but for that kind of music it just hits you in a certain way that I kind of feel like it's on guitar music to kind of get those kind of magical, powerful mixes happening. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, that being said, I also think a lot of producers, everything's like in a really convenient state right now where everyone can... There are plugins in Logic that will generate like 90% of a song, mm. you know, in certain ways, where it's, it's all about the art of electronic production... So we are in the middle of that phase. Makes me feel real good. But, <laughs> you know, I, but I think that live music is making a comeback. I really do. Right. And I think 
the interwebs. But what about guitar, guitar music? Like, I mean, I've seen a little bit of, is it Pliny? I always. Well, that was a good question. Pliny. Pliny. It's actually Pliny. Pliny. Pliny sounds way better to me, but Pliny just, okay. But I've seen some of his stuff and it's like, wow, it's this whole movement. And they're doing, I'm trying to describe his music. It's very theatrical, guitar driven I really like it. It it's, really it's rocks. It really rocks, but it's also cinematic, like, a, like cinematic and cla- like a classical piece or something. Yeah, like it's, it's melodic. And he's shredding. And, but I heard him in an interview say that he'd never even played through an amplifier through his life when he he had to sound check some friend's amp yeah. before a show. That was the first time he ever played through an amp. I was like, yeah. "What the fuck?" I mean, it blew my mind. When you, well, yeah, when, you, you know. when you consider that the guys that are young now like mm. we, i mean we're really old no yeah. hold it i mean we're talking 14 year olds speak for now. yourself we're talking 14 year olds and 13 yeah. year olds right yeah. who are coming up in a completely different world than we came up in with all the technology and stuff right. you can't even expect that it would be anywhere near the no. same as what we i mean these know, guys are plugging world. into their macbooks yeah and and that's what and, they do and everything is so <laughs> computer generated and so you know iPod this and iPhone that and you know blah 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 and I'd, I'd be really surprised if, if you know we I, I don't think I want that to happen I don't want Led Zeppelin to happen again Led Zeppelin is Led Zeppelin mm-hmm. and it happened and it was great and it's still my favorite rock band yeah. but I certainly don't see it being some 13 year old 13 year old's favorite rock band you know what I mean? Because it's they're in a they, they're in it's a different time. Yeah, different. You know? It's everything to you. Like they're playing fan fret guitars yeah, mostly, and I mean, shit like that. You know, when I hear like any kind of modern music, and this is what an old fart I am. Right. When I hear any of the new bands, and you can count them on a hundred fingers. You know, starting with U two and Green Day and all. They're these, already all old these bands. bands. I okay, they're already old bands. Give me a new one. You know. You know, all I'm saying is like when I hear the songwriting and I compare it to bands like Deep Purple and Led Zeppelin, I can't understand why people like it. Mm. That's just me. Right. Because to me, those songs are so great. Or like the Beatles songs or Led Zeppelin songs. They're so melodic and they're so great. Or Stevie Wonder or Earth Wind Sly Fire. Stone or Yeah, of course, you know, you know what Elton we call John. vintage stuff. But it's hard for me to accept when I hear like this really bland melody that doesn't go anywhere, or when I hear stuff that just, I just don't see any musical reason for it, yet I, I know that it's like the most popular shit there is, I can't understand it, because I can't. Because you're a geezer. Because I'm an old geezer, that's yeah. it. Get off <laughs> my lawn. Get out of my fucking... <laughs> like we are geezers and everything. Get off my fucking but, lawn. But there has been a pronounced lack of like chord changes and orchestrations. I mean, they're not listening to me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, if you listen to Earth, Wind & Fire, a lot of those tunes have beautiful changes and stuff. Mm-hmm. That's the one thing yeah. I miss. Yeah. yeah. It's like yeah. having yeah. chord changes. Even the Beatles had cool chord changes. Yeah. Now, you know, obviously there's exceptions, but I do feel like that art is taking the back seat. But I, I do think music is, you know, maybe it's five steps forward, three steps back. Yeah. Another five steps forward. So we're in the, some kind of lull in terms of the harmonic and melodic content. You know what? I th- well, it's I'll, just the way it goes. I can mean, I tell you something that took about 40 steps back? What? <laughs> Have you ever heard this guy called Eros? Eros. He's an that. Italian pop star. 
I can safely say that of all the music that I've heard in my life, that's the lamest fucking shit I have. <laughs> and now ever he's heard. gonna go home. His wife's gonna tell him, <laughs> yeah. "No, take that off," and we're gonna have to we're gonna have to edit it out. Again. <laughs> like, know, oh, we I have to do this every time. Novak did the gig. And, you know, they eventually quit. Lando? And, yeah. Well, they, what's going to happen is yeah, they're going to call yeah. you tomorrow for the gig. For You're going to be, what, a stadium tour? Okay, yeah, wait no, a second. No, let no, me no, change no. what I, I said. You know what? I can't even, I wouldn't even do it for $3 jillion. I would never do it. And I, I, I have turned down stuff that I really regretted turning down because it was just too awful. Like, you know, when you, when you have, I'm sure you've done these things where people send you a track and you play on it at your house. And I mean, I've done tons of horrible stuff like that where the music was terrible and I played on it anyway because I needed the money. But if it crosses the line and it's just so horrendous that I just can't bring myself to do it, there are those rare ones that I've just said, sorry, man, I, 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 I'm busy, I can't. You know, yeah. it doesn't happen that often, but sometimes it's just, whoa, whoa can't, can't go there. But how, how, at, at what point yeah. do you say no? Like a million dollars. Come on tour no, and I'm play my kidding. shitty fucking no, music. No, no, I'm happy. Bullshit. You're no, going to no, do no, million no, dollars. No, you would no, do no. it. I am not a money guy, man. What? I'm not a money suck guy. Suck their dick. No, I don't <laughs> play the guitar. No. Well, I it. might suck their dicks, but that's not <laughs> money. I, I just suck their dicks. Okay. That's, yeah. you know, there you go. You no, see, no, my I'm song not, is full circle. You know, when someone says, would you take a million dollars to do something? If it's that bad, then no. You know, but now if Steely Dan called, I'm there. Well, that's but hold it. They're good. But see, hold it. This is the problem. I see. Beyonce calls. I'm there. You can take that million dollars. Her a million dollars. We're getting closer to the line. (laughs) Taylor Swift. Are you do Taylor Swift? Yeah, yeah. She kicks ass. They're all All good. She's the new Eddie Van Halen man. I'm just talking about someone terrible like Eros. Then I would have to say no, not for any amount of money. No. But yeah. it, what what is the youngest guest, the youngest guitar player that you've had on the show that is up and coming? That you, it's you've noticed a massive shift in how everything works as guitar players goes. Does, does one stand out? For I you? mean, I think plenty, as you said, is kind of the front of the impulse response wave, right? Mm-hmm. As far as recording in the box, but the you know we, I think we've all noticed the amazing chops that some of these young players have. Like yeah. Just oh, it's spectacular! It's ridiculous, isn't it? It's incredible. And obviously, you know, when you have all these lessons available everywhere and so much content, that really yeah. helps. And it's, and I, when I think of a blazing young player, I have Frederick Holland on the show. Right. Just recently, I think he's twenty-five. Oh, I know that guy. Yeah, he's. Yeah, he good. was an MI student. Yeah, he's done he's really, really well. Good, he plays yeah. with Colby Calais, and oh, he's done okay. a lot of big gigs. Yeah. And yeah. he done some sessions. Like he ended up on. Michael Jackson's posthumous album. Wow! On Who's one that song guy who plays with his fingers? Um, he plays an SG and he plays with his fingers and he's like a jazz. Oh, dude. yeah, yeah. Um, um, he's is he Brazilian? He's a, I, he talking about Mateus Asado? No, it's not Mateus. It's another guy. <coughs> it's another guy. He, he, he's more of a he's more of a yeah. jazz fusion guy. And more I sorry, Holdsworthy, but he plays with his fingers, fingers. like this, and he's he's really uh, he's a badass. Ridiculous. Yeah, he's a really. I saw him do really like Brent Mason's guy. one of Brent yeah. the country song, and I'm he's like, a really good fuck. player. Yeah. Yeah, he's yeah. super then, good. You know, we're always talking about Bruce's. Kid. Bruce has some kids over at USC that are just oh my insane, gosh, man. man, they're so good. It's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. in spite of the yeah. fact that they're hanging with me. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> But I mean, do you see a lot of these? Is do you see a new frontier um, 
of guitar players going into completely different worlds, or are they paying homage to the to the old school stuff too, or is it are they kind of moving past that and moving forward? Do you know what I mean? I don't like, know. They they're all just they all can just blaze their asses off for sixty seconds, which is the limit on Instagram for a video. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's a good no, point. They can fill sixty that is seconds a good up with notes. <laughs> I'm making a joke. But these are amazing players. But they, yeah, the whole Instagram thing of where you can build an entire Career, flock of right? fans. Like, yeah, you can get a hundred thousand fans online, even if you've probably played barely a few gigs. Like that's definitely new school. That's crazy, that's school. right? And um, yeah. But does that? Are you saying that that builds into anything? I I'm, I wouldn't Mateus. know. I mean, for some yeah, people, Mateus, yeah. Yeah, for some people he used it to does. be one of those guys who only did web stuff, and yeah. then he got some gigs, and now he plays out with yeah, like everybody seen, else. I've yeah. seen him playing in like a stadium, playing his ass off. Yeah, big guitar solo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, who's the chick? Who's the chick with Sir Larissa? No, what's the girl's name? Lisa. Is it Lisa? Lisa. I don't know her last name, but Lisa has been. She's, she's been so working good. her butt off since she got to L.A. from Korea. No, yeah. no, no, not that chick. She's with Sir. She plays Sir guitar. Oh yes, we, I was talking about. Uh, I was talking about her with John the other day because John What's was telling me about. It? It? I forgot. It's not Ariana Powell, is it? No. No. Um, I can't I remember what company she plays. He's on her website. Yeah, she's doing. She's playing Nam and that this year, and mm-hmm. she just did a. A bunch of tunes with uh, all these sessions. Oh, like Vinnie Kalu. I don't and all know her guys. playing that well, but, but oh, man, everybody she's says she's really good. <clears throat> so melodic and oh, yeah. so amazing. She just is killing. Like, she's a beautiful player. There is no mm-hmm. shortage so of amazing It's just really players. cool to see all these women coming up just fucking killing. Like just bringing crushing. something really different and new to guitar, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. We need to have yeah, yeah. more women on the show. You guys are just, you smell. Well, we've said so many <laughs> terrible things that none of them want to be on our show. Well, I just we? had your friend Jennifer Batten on <laughs> well, the show. What did I ever say? Well, gonna, what about your song? <laughs> what did I ever say? My song actually is going to become the woman's national anthem. Probably, you're right. Yeah, they're right there. Yeah. We, we're trying to get Jennifer Batten on, but she doesn't live in town. Yeah, I just have you um, had Jennifer on? I just had her on. Well, because you know Jennifer Batten and Gretchen Men and Neely Brush just did a three triple headliner tour. Mm-hmm. You know, for, well, a tour. It's like three cities in in California. And it's did you have to fly to Jennifer? Cool. I've done lots of those. I <laughs> know uh, she. I did it in the Bay Area where I'm from. Uh-huh. And, I call um, it a toilet. <laughs> toilet. <laughs> yeah. We got to get Jennifer. That's mostly what we You know yeah. Jennifer. And I that, do. Man. That was that's my you home know, girl. Sometimes get you Jennifer. Sometimes you do an interview and there's, it's kind of emotional. Like I don't know. Just the, ever the, when I was thinking about the path that she carved, like that was a really oh, fuck, man. meaningful seventy five minutes. When I realized everything she's done, and and here I am sitting with her, and she still just wants to play guitar and jam, and we're jamming. We played some Jeff Beck and a little bit of this. Just just. Just kind of one chord jamming, and she's yeah. stretching out. She's got a rig. She's got one of those blue guitar amps. Oh, the blue, yeah, she's a, a supporter. Well, yeah, right. That's that, when yeah. I last saw her. Was it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was just, mm-hmm. you know. I want to get her on the show. She started as a player, and she's a player today, and uh, she just broke down so many walls and, she's and monster, never man. backed away from I mean, it's just, yeah. Such some, some of those interviews are kind of emotional. <clears> like, wow. Well, she's an icon, so. man. I mean, she's one of the very first, you know, female, I would say, 
not like a Bonnie Raitt because her music was more pop and vocal. Yeah. But Jennifer's always been an <clears throat> instrumental rock guitarist, and she's tapping and all done that kind of stuff. What God? So man. much stuff to to bring you know female guitar music. What up to the level of, right. okay, of you don't have to worry. We, we past the level of a lot of guys. You do. We do. You know, she can really and play. We fart even. And and even I mean, she, she can look play her fucking ass off. like a badass yeah. doing. I it. saw the I saw her gig with Jeff Beck <laughs> at, the, um, at the amphitheater <laughs> oh, in L.A. And man, did she kill it! Really, it was so good. She just nailed it. Wow. She just did such a great job that night. It was amazing, and he was really on. Yeah, I've seen Jeff Beck a lot, and and and. You know, he's a wonderfully inconsistent player. <laughs> really? Yes. And and I, I sort of think about myself the same way because there's nights where I feel like I just suck ass and then have great nights, you know. And I've seen Jeff Beck have some questionable nights where it just didn't seem like it really went anywhere. And then I've seen him just, you just walk away going, well, I just saw one of the best phrasers in the whole world. Right. You know, like seeing Miles Davis. Right. Yeah. That that good yeah you know and just go jesus christ man amazing yeah. yeah and he was on that night when i saw him with jennifer and he was playing so good and i walked away from that concert going wow everything i play sounds like licks <laughs> compared to this yeah because he never repeated himself wow that's the beauty of someone like wayne shorter or jeff beck yeah or the, miles that's the best feeling because you know? then you go home and it lifts up your playing yeah, a little bit yeah you just want to play whole notes and play melodies and learn and play different stuff because i think we all i guess we all do i mean i've just did it tonight i was home working on some licks mm. because sometimes i feel like Shame. if i'm not centered and and i'm not coming up with a motif that that is going anywhere i like to have something under my fingers that i can always rely on that gets me to a one chord like if i'm playing over five there's these licks that just naturally resolve beautifully to one you know mm. and i have probably over a thousand of them right. written down you know, but I have my favorite ones, and then sometimes I work on them because I forget them, and I just go, "Oh yeah, that's a badass line." But when I see someone like Wayne Shorter, and and or Jeff Beck, sometimes I think in my mind that they just don't think that way. Right? They don't think about they don't have licks. You know, they're just going for something new all the time. Well, you know, but sounds like it to me. But right? Bruce, Bruce, what's the difference between a lick and a phrase? <clears throat> Big difference. What would define it? Well, to me, a lick is something that you play the same way every single time you play it. A oh. phrase is a new piece of a melody that you just made up out of thin air. Oh, uh, you know, you I know, don't I like know that, that. So, I totally agree with that. I agree with some of it. Uh huh. I would say a lick is something you think, and a phrase. Is something you think.